weren't called public lands in the beginning, they were called forest reserves and they were created for three reasons. Water, timber, and to support the economic well-being of the communities around them. Economic well-being of the communities around Malau County is livestock grazing. This is John Williams, an extension agent with Oregon State University. He studies cattle grazing in Northeast Oregon. Today, we're standing in an empty parking lot outside of Enterprise, Oregon with John and two ranchers with grazing allotments in the dense, lodgepole forests lining the surrounding hills. Like many other ruralites, John and the ranchers see public lands grazing as an essential element of life in the West. They believe that ranchers deserve a stake in public lands because they use them, make them productive, and operate them as working lands. John reminds us that public land distribution is not as simple as it appears. We tend to call them public lands now and we think we ought to turn them into a park. No, not necessarily public lands, even though they are owned by the public. That's not the intent, that's not the federal law, and that's not the way it has been or in my way it should be in the future. For National Public Lands Radio, I'm James Baker. In essence, public lands belong to the public. We pay taxes that support their maintenance, and in return, we're allowed access to them. With that said, the multiple use mandate incorporated into the 1976 Federal Land and Policy Management Act, otherwise known as FLIPMA, directs the BLM, and I'm quoting here, to utilize public lands in a balanced combination that meets the best needs of the people, current and future needs for current and future generations. Well, technically we all own public lands, some can do more with it than others. For instance, Rod Childers, a rancher from Olawa and a friend of John Williams, runs his herd of 360 cows on 25,000 acres of biodiverse, productive, dry pine forests in Wallowa County. Does this land belong to Rod, or does it belong to us? Multiple use would suggest that as long as Rod's ranching provides a public benefit greater than what the land could be providing otherwise, it should remain allotted to the grazing and ranching interests. Otherwise, a use that is more beneficial should take its place. In principle, multiple use is meant to be dynamic, where favored use changes depending on its practicality within a particular landscape. While grazing might provide a public benefit in Wallowa, is it beneficial everywhere? Well, I'm Steve Boyce, and we have two ranches, and I was actually raised on five miles down the road, and uh, ranched my entire life. Tucked away in the northeastern corner of Nevada, just outside the town of Jackpot, Robin and Steve Boys own and operate a cattle ranch. We're roughly 130,000 acres that encompasses the entire ranch, but we're kind of, we are a good example to come to because just under 13,000 of that 130 is private. The rest is BLM land. That is 117,000 acres of public land, the approximate size of the territory of Guam. This land doesn't scream cattle grazing. Looking out at contiguous brown, I wonder why anyone would think that ranching could ever work here. But despite the Nevada aridity and apparent desertification, Steve and Robin believe that grazing can remain a viable industry in the area. Livestock grazing is one of the few tools we have that affects almost all of it, not all of it, 
that if we, if we graze and we manage that livestock, the sheep and the cattle properly, that we can actually benefit the ground. And, we, and I truly believe that. To their credit, the Boises have invested time and money into making their operation more ecologically friendly. Reintroducing beavers to retain water, resting pastures, and scaling down their operation. Still, their ranch's success is predicated on the assumption that the grasslands will recover. Pretty intensive. A large group of cattle are moved frequently, and you get the animal impact and it recovers. While this statement may be generally true about ranching, it is more difficult to see recovery as a reliable constant in Jackpot, Nevada. How can we continue to put our faith in recovering our public lands from scheduled ecological abuse year after year? Cattle grazing is ubiquitous in the West for two reasons. First, it's century-old history and culture. Second, federal policies like the Taylor Grazing Act of 1934 that validated the right of ranchers to run cattle on enormous tracts of Western land, largely before carrying capacity was established for the practice, long before any thought was afforded to other potential uses. Before critical consideration, cattle grazing became ingrained into the character of the West. There really ought to be a better balance of grazed and ungrazed lands. Meet Mary O'Brien. She's the Utah Forest Programs Director for the Grand Canyon Trust, a southwestern environmental nonprofit. Mary has spent a full career trying to reclaim lands from grazing in the conservative state of Utah. She believes that western land allocation affords too much consideration to ranching interests, especially in places that can't sustain it. It's not, it's not right that 97% of the forest's acreage is open to grazing. Because grazing has so many impacts on the soil, on insects, on flowers, on grasses, on mammals, on predators, on birds, everything, everything. Mary sees the dry, deserted areas of the Southwest as the first that must be protected, or at least regulated, to maintain a higher baseline of ecological health. Ranching gets in the way of that. To say, to try to retain cowboys, you get what you'll see on the way from here to Bluff, and it's absolutely devastated land. Um, and if that's what retaining the cowboy way of life is, um, screw the cowboy way of life, right? While Mary sees ranching as universally detrimental to public lands, grazing is more beneficial in places like Wallowa County than in drier regions of the American West like the Boises Ranch in Jackpot, Nevada. Even though grazing is, by many measures, no longer sustainable in fragile, dry landscapes, the BLM rarely revokes grazing permits to allocate the land to more sustainable practices. Instead, the status quo maintained by the BLM favors decentralization of power and deference to major users, not ecologists and land management experts. Even though multiple use is mandated by the federal government, is not practiced by either the Forest Service or the BLM. From Malau County to Jackpot, Nevada, ranchers are essentially the stewards, decision makers, and the sole beneficiaries of public lands. John Williams said that we must use our lands to primarily support the economic well-being of local communities. However, under multiple use, ranching, economy, and many other things can coexist. Ranching, however, cannot continue to dominate and monopolize land resources, and tax dollars. 
We must look beyond local economies, disregard original intent, and truly adopt multiple use, reconsidering public lands allocation for its present and future owners, us.